Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We tend to see the world from where we are. It's only natural. We want everyone and everything to fit in with us. But God, well, he doesn't quite see things that way. I'm Bernie Diamond, and thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're going to take a look at life from a bit of a different perspective, from God's perspective, because that's when we can get a much better handle on what's really going on in the middle of the storms in our lives. So let's do it. Let's head into God's Word, and please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you how you can receive Christianity Works free daily devotional. It's called Fresh, and it's all about helping you live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to give you. Last week on the program, we spent some time talking about the fact that when the storms of life hit, well, they inevitably do, what we need is some solid ground beneath our feet. It's a scary place to be out on that stormy ocean. We're not made for that. We're made for solid ground. And we began looking at the story of some people, a woman called Hannah and her son Samuel, and some priests, Eli and his sons Hophni and Phinehas. Hannah, now he was a woman who honoured God and he honoured her. The priests, on the other hand, though they should have known better, they didn't honour God. And as we'll see on the program this week, they reaped their just reward. And the reason we're looking at this story of these people is that when we're in the midst of the storm, as we so often are, we lose our bearings. We so often lose sight of those things that really matter. And for me, as I've spent time in that story, it's clarified some things for me. It's brought them into sharp focus. And my hunch is that as you and I spend some time together today, maybe you'll find that too. So let's just recap briefly on this story of Hannah. Hannah married a man called Elkanah. And he had two wives, Peninnah and Hannah. And Hannah didn't have children, but Peninnah did. And so Peninnah would taunt Hannah, and there was a lot of pain around that. So Hannah goes to God. She pours out her heart to him in the temple, and she gets God's peace. It's what always happens when we do that. Eli, on the other hand, is the priest that's at the temple at the time when Hannah comes to pour her heart out. And he mistakes what Hannah's doing. He thinks she's drunk. And the priest Eli and his sons Hophni and Phinehas, they're bad dudes. They're plundering the sacrifices. Of, they're not honouring God. And there's a real contrast between these two, between Hannah and her family and Eli and his. This nobody Hannah and this priest Eli. See, that's what we so often miss in life. God, God is hidden. He's invisible. We forget about him. We go on living our lives, wondering why things are going from bad to worse. And in the middle of this story, last week we stumbled across this verse, when God was pronouncing his judgment on Eli and his family, you can read this if you have a Bible, grab it, open it up at 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. God said, those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be treated with contempt. And that's kind of the pivot on which this whole story turns. And this week on the program, we're going to look at how things turned out for Hannah and for Eli. There was a sharp contrast in their approach to God, and there's a sharp contrast in how things turn out for them. It tells us a lot about God. It clarifies the confusion in the midst of our storm when we can't see God necessarily. When that happens, we know how to put our feet on solid ground. Well, let's start today with Hannah. This pain of being childless and the taunts of the other wife, 
And childless couples the world over know how painful this is. So she goes to God, and let's have a look at it again, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning at verse 9, and she pours her heart out. Once they'd finished eating and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In the bitterness of her soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord, and she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Then she went on her way, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Well, let's take a look to see what happened next. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19. Straight after this, early the next morning, they rise, they worship before the Lord, and then they go back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah lay with his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. When the man Elkanah went up with his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow... Hannah didn't go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him up and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband told her. Stay here until you've weaned him, only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home, nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and she worshipped the Lord there. See, Hannah had this terrible pain. She came to God with this impossible prayer. It was a humble and heartfelt prayer, and God honours that. See, we so underestimate the power of humble prayer, prayer from the heart, prayer that just lays it out before God the way we see it and feel it. God honours that. When he honours her with the impossible, with a son, she honours God back and gives her son over to God to serve at the temple for the rest of his life. Now, that's easy to gloss over that, but can you imagine? I mean, she wanted her son more than anything, and now she gives him up to honour God. God honours that. Her incredible heart was to honour God. So she does. She honours him by giving up the one thing she desired most, her son. And what's more, she gives over her most precious to be under the wicked Eli and his sons. Now figure that out. It's not exactly a great strategic choice, this young, impressionable child. But see, God honours those who honour him. And God honours her and protects young Samuel. And we'll see, raises young Samuel up and makes him strong. The more we honour God, the more he honours this. Look at this, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And verse 19, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognised that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And the word of Samuel came to all of Israel. You see, God honoured her in her storm. Young Samuel went on to become the chief priest, the prophet, the judge of all of Israel. Why? Because this nobody, this woman Hannah, honoured her God so simply by pouring her heart out to him, by trusting him, 
I want you to notice how insignificant that may have appeared to her at the time. She had this big, hairy giant, this huge storm, the pain of being childless, the taunts of Peninnah. It was impossible. But for God, nothing is impossible. God honours those who honour him. She honoured God in her naivety, giving young Sam over to Eli. And even there, in that impossible situation, God honoured her and he honoured young Sam. So simple. It's so powerful. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God and live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to give you. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right into the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or, if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there on the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300 722 415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now things aren't always what they seem, are they? We look at things from our flawed human perspective, but when we see our circumstances and situations through God's eyes, things become much clearer. That's when all of a sudden we find solid ground beneath our feet. I guess intuitively, we understand that the things we say and do, the way we think and behave, well, they have consequences. There's a link between cause and effect. We kind of know that, but how easy is it to delude ourselves in this area, to make excuses for ourselves, to live out our own selfish desires and pretend that, well, really, that cause and effect stuff applies to other people, but not to me. You know what I'm talking about. We deny it, we deny it, we deny it, and all along the warning signs grow. The storm clouds start to gather over the horizon. But sometimes it's not till that first clap of thunder that we take any notice, and then, so often, it's too late. The storm's gathered momentum, and all we can do is brace ourselves for when it hits. We're going to spend some time in that space today with a man called Eli, because he was in exactly that situation and he left it too late. Let's make no mistake, there is a definite link in God's economy between cause and effect, especially, as it turns out, in our relationship with God. We've been working our way in this series through the story of of Hannah, this woman who honoured God, and Eli the priest, a man with his sons who did the exact opposite, even though he should have known better. And right now, I want to look at how things turn out for Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. These were men who were priests. Their job was to be shepherding Israel, bringing them close to their God. Instead, Hophni and Phinehas were plundering the sacrifices of God's people. They were sleeping with prostitutes. They were doing anything but honoring God. Look at how God reacts to that. If you've got a Bible, open it at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. 
One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord. Remember, Samuel is Hannah's son. He was in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran into Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back, lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back, lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli finally realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if God calls you again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. So the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin that he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and, and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli of the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Don't hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told Eli everything, hiding nothing from him. And Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Here's the paradox. Samuel's this young kid. He didn't recognize God's voice, and finally Eli did. Yet Samuel is the one that listened to God, and Eli didn't, even though he knew God's voice. Remember that verse, 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. I honor those who honor me, says God, but those who despise me I will treat with contempt. And here it is. This, it's happening to Eli. Here is this powerful truth working its way out in Eli's life. We can be beetling along in our own selfish ways, ignoring our conscience, treating people with contempt, treating God with contempt, ignoring God, but God never stops speaking. And even someone like Samuel can hear him. You want to know what he has to say? Just listen. He spoke to Eli over and over again, but Eli didn't listen. He talks to us over and over again. How? Maybe you were just flicking around channel surfing today and you happened across this program, kind of by chance or by accident it seemed. There, there you go. God is always trying to communicate with us, to reach out to us, but eventually enough is enough. Eventually we kindle his anger. Eventually the time comes when we reap what we've sown and that's exactly what's happened with Eli, Hophni and Phineas. And here it is coming, the first lightning strike of the storm, and what God tells Samuel actually goes on to happen. You can read it in chapter 4, verses 12 to 22. This is a wake-up call. In the storms in life, yeah, they happen. And sometimes they're of our own doing, as it was for Eli and his sons. And we keep going, and we keep going, and we keep going, and deluding ourselves, pretending there's no cause and effect, but there is. Eventually, there's a day of reckoning. Here in this life... And one day, you and I will stand before God and he will judge us, and he will. We may not like the idea, but that doesn't change anything. Today is a wake-up call. 
Perhaps we're in one of those stormy times in life and, you know, when things are going badly, we're tempted all the more to behave badly. This truth rings out, I will honour those who honour me, but those who despise me will be treated with contempt. They are the words of the sovereign God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who is above all things. And there is no solid ground beneath the feet of those who turn their backs on God, none. It might feel like that for a while, but it will crumble. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. Believing in Jesus, believing that one day you'll have the gift of eternal life, well, that's one thing. But actually living your life as though that's true, living in the victory that he died and rose again to give you, well, that's a whole other thing. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called On Solid Ground. It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you actually live every moment of the rest of your life in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring to you. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Okay, let's head back now into God's Word. I've said a few times that I am a confirmed land lover. You give me solid ground beneath my feet any day, I love good old terra firma. And you know, what we've seen here with Eli is Eli heading off in the wrong direction, and you and I have done that too. How how do we stop doing that? How do we not go in that place? Because it's so easy for us to head off there, go in the wrong direction, like Eli and his sons Hophni and Phinehas, and plunder sacrifices and and do all the wrong stuff that they did in, in our own lives, and forget that God honours those who honour them. There's an executive summary of what God thinks about Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 17. It says, The sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for they treated the offerings of the Lord with contempt. And remember the central theme, the pivot on which this whole story turns, is in 2 Samuel 2, verse 30. God says, I will honour those who honour me, and those who despise me I will treat with contempt. Now, there's a, there's a great part to this story, a great adjunct that goes with this story, and it's about what happens when Israel just takes God for granted. This bad stuff has been happening among the priesthood, and Israel ignores it and just expects God to keep on blessing them. Let's pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 4. See, the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites were camped at Ebenezer and the Philistines at Aphek. The Philistines deployed all their forces to meet Israel, and as the battle spread... Israel was defeated by the Philistines who killed about 4,000 of their men. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel said, Why did the Lord bring defeat on us today before the Philistines? Let's bring the Ark of the Covenant from Shiloh so that it may go with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent men to Shiloh. They brought back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Almighty who was enthroned between the cherubim and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. 
And when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came into the camp, all of Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, what are those Hebrews shouting about? When they learned that the Ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come into their camp, they said. We're in trouble. Nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the desert. Be strong, Philistines. Be men or you'll be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines, they fought and the Israelites were defeated and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The Ark of the Covenant of God was captured and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. See, Israel, Israel is so used to God being on their side that they just kind of head off assuming that he was. Despite the fact that all this bad stuff was going on, despite the fact that the two priests, Hophni and Phinehas, were dishonouring, they were despising God, they were doing what was wrong. They deluded themselves. See, there's a cause and effect. No, no, she'll be right. God is, God is always on my side. He's a good God. He blesses me. See, we take this mighty God who created the whole universe and expect him to become our performing poodle, don't we? He does tricks on our command. He comes along behind us. Their first defeat, they get defeated and they lose 3,000 men. What do they do? They go and send for the covenant of God. Let's bring God to us. Let's make God do what we want him to do to protect us against the Philistines. But God's not like that. God is an awesome, mighty, powerful and good God. And when we start dishonouring him, let's not expect him to put our feet on solid ground. Let's not expect him to keep honouring us. He always loves us. He'll always forgive us. He'll always bring us close. But on his terms, not ours. We can't sow dishonour in God's direction and expect to receive honour from him in return. See, the humiliation of this story is they treat God like a performing poodle by bringing him to them. And, and in fact, the Ark of the Covenant is captured by the Philistines. This was the place of the very presence of God himself. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll discover that people, when they realised what they actually had, these Philistines, all they wanted to do was to get rid of him. But that's for another day. Today, the simple message of this story is this. We can't go living out a life of stiff-necked rebellion and expect God to toddle along behind us on the leash and bless us on cue. We just can't. God is a powerful and mighty God. You know, when you put it that way, it's pretty plainly obvious, isn't it? And to tell you the truth, that's my agenda today, to make that plainly obvious. It's blindingly, glimpsingly obvious. Let's all take a big wake-up call here. When a storm hits, do you want solid ground beneath your feet? Do, do you want to know that God is with you? Do you want, do you want that certain knowledge that, well, he's going to bless you no matter what this world throws at you? Got to tell you, I sure do. And let me get back to the central point, the central theme that the sovereign God wants to get across to us today through his word. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, God says, I honour those who honour me, but those who despise me will be treated with contempt. God is a sovereign God. God is the King of kings. God is the Lord of lords. We had better stop treating him as though he's not. You just can't send for God and expect him to show up when we've been dishonouring him. Hophni and Phinehas found that out. 
because just as the man of God had prophesied, they were both killed on that same day. And later on in the story, we'll see Eli actually died on that same day as well. God is slow to anger, but God does anger. And he can't bless our rebellion, because if he does, we'll think, oh great, I can do anything I want and he'll bless it. But anything I want is not the place of intimacy between God and me, any more than adultery is the place of intimacy between a man and a wife. See, just to underscore this point, this wasn't some small defeat by the Philistines. It was the mother of all defeats. How many Israelites were killed? 4,000 and then 30,000. That's a lot of people. And the irony of it all is that God's people didn't understand the power of their almighty God, but the Philistines did. When the Philistines heard that God was in the camp, they were afraid. I want to ram this home today. Get right in your face with this. If we head off in our own direction, in our own strength, in our own selfish ways, on our own, without the blessing and the covering of the power of God, we're going to come a cropper. We're not going to have any solid ground. If we do that, we will reap what we sow, and there is no solid ground in that place. None. Only trouble. God honours those who honour him, but those who despise him will be treated with contempt. all we have time for today but before we go there's something very important that i need to share with you this program christianity works is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to live in the victory that jesus died and rose again to bring them but that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you each dollar that you give toward the ministry of christianity works today will help reach over two and a half thousand people with a gospel message. So, a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, christianityworks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I mentioned earlier. It's called On Solid Ground. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll free on 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.